This is the Concealed Carry Podcast, Season 7, Episode 22. And welcome to the Concealed Carry Podcast, part of the ConcealedCarry.com network of shows brought to you by Silencer Shop. Today is Thursday, December 29th, 2022, as of the recording of this episode, and I am your humble host, Riley Bowman. And today, I, ju- I always chuckle whenever I say humble host. It just makes me laugh, Matthew. But hey, Matthew's our other humble host. <laughs> What's up, man? <laughs> Glad to be with you on this uh, week between uh, two holidays, Christmas on the one end and New Year's on the other end. So here we are for uh, the final podcast episode of the year of 2022. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And in fact, uh, I think this will be the last one for uh, what we consider to be season seven. So so I think we might as well just flip that switch uh, on January 1 and roll into seat. You know, we've got done 22 episodes in uh, season seven here. So. I think we might as well. It's, it's a good opportunity. Let's 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 uh, flip the, flip the switch, turn the page, welcome everybody in in a new year and season eight of the podcast, which of course means not a whole lot. It's just as a way of breaking things up, because <laughs> otherwise we'd be saying right now what like welcome to you know this is a concealed carry podcast episode <laughs> seven hundred and twenty three or something. Yeah, I think around what was it around two hundred or three hundred episodes. We said we got to do something here. <laughs> Although I guess you know what is it? It's uh, Joe Joe Rogan. I think that still like numbers every episode, and he's up to like what I don't know, like fourteen hundred or something. <laughs> well, he could probably do whatever he wants on that show, and people would still listen to it. We uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome everybody to this podcast. This will be a, a special one, uh, as it is at the end of the year, as we look forward to a new year, the year twenty twenty three. Uh, I think we're going to, I think there's a lot of really cool things we can discuss. I mean, as one was, we kind of do a little bit of a look back over 2022. And then as we look at things to come in 2023, and in fact, today's episode is titled your 2023 training plan. So we're going to take the approach here today of looking forward to this next year and uh, hopefully giving you some tips, tricks, suggestions, ideas, advice, whatever you want to call it. Uh, as it relates to uh, having a, a, su- a successful and productive year of 2023, uh, in whatever shape or f- form that that may be for for you, all of you individually out there listening or watching the show, uh, and by that you know, I mean we're going to talk about some goals today. Uh, you know, goal goal setting. Uh, I'm going to share with you some things that I wanted to work on and achieve here in 2022. And uh, also what 2023 looks for me. Um, and, and this could be in a variety of contexts, you know, w- whatever it is. If, if you wanted to have the goal of, uh, I want to make sure that I spend 15 minutes each day reading the Bible. Great. You know, that's that's an awesome goal. Uh, or maybe it's uh, you want to, you know, volunteer. You want to do a minimum of, uh, you know, 10 hours a week or something serving in some kind of volunteer capacity in your community awesome another great goal or if you want to be way more specific as far as like i want to achieve a a sub uh 1.2 second draw or something 
you know, in 2023, or why not just go, you know, for the whole tamale and, and you know, go for a sub second. Anyway, that, that's the idea. We're going to talk about those kinds of things today, but we're going to approach from our perspective of your 2023 training plan. We're going to give you a bunch of strategies and ideas, uh, dry fire, etc. Hopefully, set you up for success in the coming year. But first, today's episode sponsored by Silencer Shop. Uh, SilencerShop.com is the place to go. Uh, we're so uh, honored that uh, you know they are our title sponsor of the Concealed Carry Podcast here and our network of podcast shows. Uh, in fact, you know, I mentioned pretty often when we talk about Silencer Shop and some of the different promotions they have. I, just in the last week alone, I've got multiple emails advertising different models of suppressors and how several of these had the option of getting a quote-unquote free tax stamp as part of your purchase, meaning that, you know, one of the things people sometimes say holds it back from following through on the purchase of a suppressor is, wow, you know, it's, there's the cost of the suppressor and then there's the $200 I got to pay the government and I got to go through all this paperwork and so on and so forth. Well, don't let that hold you back because, I, again, I've seen no less than five, I think, different models the last week with free tax stamps available uh, just by purchasing those models. In fact, some of those, I think, expire on New Year's Eve night. Uh, some of them are active right now. I know one of those I saw was the Q Trash Panda uh, Suppressor. Uh, I can't remember what some of the others were now off the top of my head, but that was one that stood out to me. I'm looking right now on Silencer Shop's website at the YHM Turbo K suppressor, uh, a short, lightweight suppressor and chambered in 5.56. You buy one of these right now, you're going to get a $100 Silencer Shop gift card uh, if you buy before December 31st. So I know that for some of you that are catching the audio-only version of the podcast, uh, that this deal may be expired, but just know that there's new deals coming all the time from silencer shop the, the the turbo k matthew is only 425 bucks on silencer shop's website so you get a hundred dollar gift card and it basically is a, it's effectively 325 bucks for a suppressor dude in five five six it's full auto rated wow that's awesome now i i don't have the turbo k the most recent one i picked up is the resonator k which is the exact same suppressor but in 30 caliber uh i wanted that because uh, i wanted to be able to use it on my uh, 300 blackout as well as on my 556 uh, uh ar pistols or rifles and uh, it's a it's a great little setup i've got also a uh uh, uh another 556 from yhm it's not the turbo k it's the drawing a blank all of a sudden it's a little bit longer one anyway brain's not working working perfectly because you know it's the holiday season but uh can't wait to get that one out of jail either uh, it'll be a really exciting time lots of great deals from silence shop thanks for being our title sponsor guys take advantage of the deals uh definitely worth looking into and just know that going through the application process especially if you go to a silence shop powered dealer uh like the guy i use here locally makes that process a total breeze so 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 simple so silencershop.com thanks to them again for being our title sponsor our other episode sponsor today is mountainmanmedical.com mountainman medical here we go here's one of the kits uh you know our deal with mountainman medical was to which because this is a a a sub brand of uh, of concealedcarry.com uh was to bring affordable uh reasonably priced trauma kits to the masses 
but st- but still have them be outfitted with all of the quality components that you would expect, right? So we didn't want to do anything uh, cheap, especially as, as it relates to life si- life life saving gear. You know, recently I saw somebody comment on I think it was a Mountain Man Medical post, Matthew, and said something about the fact of Hey, you know what? You don't don't buy this stuff from these guys. Just go out there online and buy all this yourself. Put together your own kit. It'll be cheaper that way. And I was like. Yeah, that's not quite true. And I know because this has been a topic of discussion between me and Jacob and Brian McLaughlin, our director of training at Mountain Medical. And what I could tell you is that you cannot source all of those components that go into our kits individually and save money. That's how good the prices are at mountainmedical.com. So I, I, as a test, I was like, you know what, I'm going to go like I knew we had already been through this process, but I was like, I'm going to do this right here, right now. I sat down. I think it was the uh, Wind River kit. I, I looked up at all the components for the Wind River kit on Amazon.com because like some of those are listed below retail. Not so I didn't want to just do retail prices. What can I go and buy these individual components today? And the fact was, it was going to cost like 230 bucks or something to buy all the individual components that go into the Wind River kit not including the pouch that they go in for mountainmedical.com. And we sell that one same Wind River kit for $199 with pouch. So anyway, point is, uh, to those of you that would think, oh, I'll just assemble my own kit, I'll save money. We went into this to save you guys the money at mountainmedical.com. So I hope you'll support mountaininmedical.com, which supports the podcast and makes what we do here possible. Anyway, can enough I, about can that, I guys. Add, oh, can I add one thing about that? Just one danger about potentially sourcing your stuff. And I know this isn't the topic, but while we're on it, um, one danger is buying, trying to source uh, some of these p- products or components and buying knockoff stuff and not knowing it or buying yeah. sub sub quality stuff. And um, certainly this isn't a place, you know, an aspect that you want to pull it out and, you know, go to use it. And there's no adhesive on your chest seal because it's, you know, from Zing Zang China or whatever, you know what I'm saying? So, um, or you're buying expired or, or almost expired products. Right. So, um, there's some, I promise there's you, some... we move we move through our stock here at MMM Medical uh, frequently enough that you're getting new stuff. Yeah, so that's a, I, I didn't want to you know hijack the whole topic, but I just when we're on the topic, I, I think it's uh, it's important. You might be able to buy a, a component for cheaper, but it might be expired. It might not be you know uh, the same quality or or something like that. So um, yeah, yeah, buddy, awesome, awesome, good stuff. Hey, real quick, we do have a comment from somebody since uh, you know we were talking about silencer shop. He says, uh, this is Albert on Facebook commenting, why a suppressor if you don't have the equipment for one? Well, that's a fair question. Uh, I'd say, uh, well, you know, it's, it takes minimum right now, probably eight to nine months to process your e-form four through the ATF. So it could be that you want to plan for the future, Albert. Uh, why not buy a gun that could use a suppressor? <laughs> yeah, Albert says he only has a one semi-auto, which is his Thompson submachine gun. You know what would be awesome is having a Thompson that is suppressed. <laughs> I would dig that in a big, big, big way. Uh, that would be awesome. <laughs> Even if it's just a semi-automatic version of a Thompson, like that would be really cool to have a 45 ACP Thompson suppressed. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're, you're speaking my language, Albert. Uh, and he says everything else is revolvers and bolt actions and lever actions. Well, so here's the thing. 
Uh, speaking of goals, one of my goals in 2023 is to actually get uh, my hunting rifle, which is chambered in uh, a 7mm Remington Magnum, uh, it is to get that thing threaded for a suppressor. And then I'll be able to use a 30 caliber suppressor on it because it's uh, it's 7mm, seven, seven which is a 0.284. So it's just under three, 30 caliber. So my plan is to get my hunting ri- bolt action rifle uh, threaded for a suppressor in 2023 so that I can use my hunting rifle suppressed. Why not? Or you, you ask the question why, and I say why not? Uh, because I value my hearing protection. And what's even better than having hearing protection on your ears is having a gun that starts out quiet in the first place. Uh, and whether you use hearing protection with that or not, but a lot of folks, you know, when they go hunting, I, I know this was always a challenge for me. I try to carry like plugs around my neck so that if I had the opportunity to throw plugs in my ears before firing a shot at a deer or an elk or something, I, I would do that. But there were certainly times in my hunting life uh, where I didn't have that opportunity and thought, well, it's just one shot, you know. But guess what? One shot from a high-powered rifle, can it doesn't take a lot to damage your hearing. So anyway, I, I want to get everything that I shoot on a regular basis, as far as rifles go, suppressed. And that's when I started investing in suppressors. So that's my why, Albert. You'll have to figure out your own why, but I think suppressing a Thompson <laughs> is why enough. You probably would have to have that thing uh, custom threaded or, or something, I would guess, but uh, that would be awesome. Well, uh, again, today's episode, we're talking about your 2023 training plan. So, um, you know, our company here, we're, in the, we're, we're a small company of, I think, 11 of us in total that work at concealedcarry.com. Uh, many of you are familiar with Jacob Paulson, our our president. Then there's me, uh, his sidekick, <laughs> Matthew, uh, another sidekick because you've been with us so long and, and and you do so much for us for the company. Uh, we got Sam, we got David, we got Jeremy, we got Jason, we've got Mitch, we've got Brian, uh, and Corey, Brian and Corey. Did we get everybody. You know, we got we got our team here. And one thing we do each year uh, is at the start of and this is going to happen like in the next couple of days here, uh, probably our, uh, our next uh, daily meeting that we have with, with all of our staff next Tuesday, because I think everybody will have Monday off due to the holiday. But uh, we will ask everybody to share what their 2023 goals are. Uh, and uh, we'll also review, well, actually we did already, I think, kind of review what our 2022 goals were um, just a few days ago or a week or so ago. Um and, uh, you know, I know some people don't get into the whole, like, making goals and stuff at the new year uh, and whatnot. And, and that's totally fine and, and actually viable because I think it's kind of silly as well if you use the new year as an excuse to make goals and you fail to make goals at other times throughout the year. Uh, I tend to, yeah, I've got goals and I tend to, you know, set goals and things um, as I need to. Um, as I, you know, find a reason to, I don't wait for the new year, but I think the new year is a good opportunity, Matthew. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Just, you know, to, as we think about the ending of one year and the beginning of another, uh, yeah, I guess you could say that December 31st and January 1st are, I mean, they're just two different days on the calendar, like whatever, but it isn't a good opportunity, I think, to, to look back and, 
in a variety of ways. Like, well, you know, how did the last year go for me? Uh, you know, am I, am I making my goals uh, financially? Am I achieving my career goals? Am I, uh, you know, how am I doing my health? Uh, whatever those, whatever things are important to you in your life, I think it's good to just why not take the opportunity to look back and see how you're doing, and and then using that as a catalyst for turning your 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 focus to the future. Um, so anyway, that's something we'll be doing as a company here in a few days. Uh, and we're going to talk a little bit about some of our, our goals. At least I'm going to share some, some stuff about me personally. I don't know about Matthew, but, uh, <laughs> um, but the, the whole point of today's episode though, is, is to eventually get to a place. Cause I'm going to share with you some things that are specific to me and my training plan. And, uh, you know, and then we're going to outline some things to help you formulate your own training plan for 2023. But what, what what's your thought on kind of the general premise here, Matthew? Yeah, I I think I don't know if I've read this or maybe this is something that Jacob Jacob's very uh, uh, you know he he values setting goals and in, in, in these types of things. Um, and maybe he said it, or maybe it was something that he recommended I read, um, but. I think that there is some value um, and actual some uh, evidence that people who set goals maybe are more productive in certain areas or um, are able, you know, when you do set goals, you're more likely to, to uh, complete those, those things that you set, um, met, you know, goals that you can reach and things like that, rather than kind of just, um, you know, just saying, Hey, I'd, I'd like to get better at, you know, I'd like to get in shape, you know, if you don't have things, uh, you know, that you can quantify, you're less likely to be, you know, to achieve those things. Um, I, I will, you know, if you're listening, maybe you'll relate to me. Um, I am very bad at setting goals. I'm, I'm horrible at it. Um, uh, it's something that I struggle with. I'm, you know, one thing that I think I I, I do good as I do reflect. Um, I, I like to reflect, but, uh, it, it, but that's always after the fact, you know, and, and like you kind of were saying, uh, I'll look back over a period of time or over, you know, from one event, you know, so, some substantial event and, and then, uh, you know, I'll take a, a, a moment to kind of reflect and say, okay, since this, what has changed in my life and where am I compared to where I was and kind of reflect, but I am terrible at setting goals. So, um, this is, you know, this is good for me because, and it's good as a company that I have bosses that kind of, you know, tell me to, uh, to set these goals. Cause, cause I believe, I do believe that there's value. I, I, you know, even for somebody like me who struggles with setting goals and, and kind of doing that. So, I hope that this is beneficial for people who, you know, are already there and they're, they're a big goal setter. Um, and those that like me that kind of struggle with the whole, with the whole concept. Uh, but I, I, I do think that this will be uh, beneficial. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I would say that, uh, I'm probably just hearing you mention, uh, your, your thoughts there that I'm probably somewhere between you and Jacob and, and on the spectrum, if you will. Uh, I'm not the greatest at uh, like diligently writing things down and, and mapping it out. And certainly in terms of like, cause I don't know, I, you know, we just all have different personalities, right. And different ways we like to live our lives and operate and whatnot. Jacob is the type of person I think that, you know, would, would write something down very specifically and then, you know, like, okay, so to, to get there, I'm going to do 
this this week and i'm going to do you know this and this and this on such and such days you know even like getting into very he, he's more of a getting into the specifics uh and the, and the specific planning behind things in, in a lot of respects i don't i'm not quite to that extreme in fact far from it uh but I, I do have goals and I know what those are and I, and I'm working towards them. Uh, and they do keep me aligned in a lot of ways. Although I, I would say that there's times where I probably lose sight of what those things are from time to time. But, uh, let me just share with you, uh, one thing that was a goal of mine in 2022. And this was one that I specifically listed out in, uh, our meeting at the beginning of 2022 as a company was, uh, that I wanted to, uh, I, basically, I wanted to shoot more local matches so that I have more opportunities to shoot classifiers so that I have the opportunity uh, and, and hopefully would be able to move up in classification in USPSA. I wanted to, to make Grandmaster. Uh, and so my report on that at, now at the end of 2022 is that unfortunately, I did not make Grandmaster in USPSA in 2022. I did, however, shoot more local matches in 2022 than I did in 2021. Uh, so, you know, so I'm, I'm a very busy guy, and I don't get a ton of opportunities to shoot matches and compete like some of my 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 cohorts, if you will, and friends and whatnot. Uh, although I'd love to, but you know, I've, I've, I'm, a, I'm a husband and I'm a father of five, uh, uh, trying to help you know do what I can to run uh, our family of of brands and companies here at ConcealedCarry.com. Trying to do the podcast, trying to do you know, trying to also be involved in my church and community. Uh, I, I, you know, I can't dedicate every weekend or even every other weekend to go and shoot matches. But I did, tr- I did, I did want to try to average at least one match per month that it would give me a classifier opportunity. And I was able to average about one match per month. So I was happy with that. That was better than, I think I shot like seven local matches in all of 2021. And then I shot like eight majors in 2021. This year I shot fewer majors and I knew that going in, uh, the schedule just didn't work out and I wasn't going to have that as many opportunities uh, to uh, go to some of the big matches. And big, shooting big matches is really important to me. Uh, it ties very much to uh, my my goals as a shooter uh, because in me shooting at the at the at the some of the biggest matches in the country, uh, I'm there competing against the best uh, and the, and the top shooters in the game, and that becomes a, a, a metric of hey, this is how I'm doing, and so that's also really important. But the, this year. I was able to make it to two national championships, one area championship, and one state championship. And I think that's all I was able to accomplish as far as majors. But I was good with that. And uh, uh, I, it's hard for – I don't like to set goals that are – like it's good to set specific goals. And in fact, that's one of the that, – that's like the first thing about a good goal that you should have is that the goal should be specific. Right, because it'd be really easy for me just to say, "Well, in 2023, uh, I'm going to uh, I'm going to work out more." Well, what what does that mean exactly? Like, okay, you know, I guess all right. So if I work out one percent more than I did in 2022, I guess I, I I accomplished my goal, right? But it's not very specific, and and probably somewhat hard to even measure. And so uh, specific goals are really important, but there's also a danger to specific goals, especially when those 
specifics are outside of your control. So like I can't, as a shooter, as much as I would love to uh, say finish in the top 20, the top 10, the top five, maybe even win a national championship, uh, that's outside of my control, generally speaking. I mean, I can certainly strive towards that, but I might have a bad day. You know, it's like, unfortunately, Max Michelle, after dominating carry optics uh, division in USPSA competition the last, like, well, he didn't win last year either, but for like a five-year or six-year-in-a-row stretch, uh, maybe it was five years in a row, I think Max won carry optics nationals every year, right? And last year is the first time he didn't. And I know this year he came back wanting to win it again, you know, get back to where he was on the top. And he didn't either, right? And I know specifically that day one didn't go the way he wanted it to go. And that's just how it goes sometimes, you know? And so uh, that kind of thing is out of your control. And just because you do your 100% doesn't mean that somebody else isn't going to just be able to do just a little bit more and edge you out. So I didn't want to tie my goals to something super specific, but I did say that I wanted to do better this year than I did last year. Now that's a, that's a weird thing. Cause I just said how important it is to have specific goals, but I, I believe in only having it specific and to a point that it, isn't so specific. It's something that I can't uh, guarantee, if you will, like, if, or or I, I, it's just outside my control. So, um, you know, last year compared to this year at nationals, my percentage finish against the winner went up like almost eight percent. That's awesome. So, I put that down as goal accomplished. Did better this year than I did last year, and uh, next year will be hopefully the same way too. Right, but the, the 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 specifics to get there are in the little details that get me there. Not it, you know, not the actual outcome, but it's the process of how I get there. Right. So I did certain things in terms of my practice. And yeah, training. I, I think that that would apply. You know, th- this this isn't necessarily training related, but that could apply. Uh, if you're listening to somebody who's brand new to conceal carry and, and they're, you know, maybe they don't carry on a daily basis. Maybe they carry occasionally or they're, you know, they're saying, um, you know, I don't carry with a, with a loaded chamber or I only carry when I go to bad neighborhoods or whatever it might be. Right. Um, those are things that you can address and say, okay, I want to carry every day or I want to carry, you know, five days when I leave the house, uh, you know, I want to carry with a loaded chamber um, and then saying, okay, I, I can measure those things, but how do I get to that point? Maybe, you know, I look at my holster or my clothing, uh, maybe, you know, I have to um, understand a little bit more, get more comfortable with the firearm, uh, understanding how it functions internally. Maybe that will give me a little understanding of uh, the safeties involved in, in carrying with a loaded chamber. Maybe I say in order for me to carry with a loaded chamber, I want to take, XYZ, you know, a certain number of classes. So I feel more comfortable just in manipulating the gun and handling it. So I think similar to like what you're saying, Riley, if somebody is brand new to conceal carry and, and that's their goal, that could, that's, uh, you know, something that's measurable. It's a, a, you know, you can, you can measure it. You can put certain things in place and, 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 and you can actually see if you've achieved those things. Mm-hmm. 
And by the way, I really appreciate that you just shared a number of really excellent examples for uh, folks in our in our space, you know, in this concealed carry, uh, we'll just say lifestyle. Uh, many of you listening to the podcast, like Matthew just mentioned some things that may apply to some of you listening right now. And that's awesome. That's excellent. Stuff like, you know, I mean, for a, a common thing I hear from a lot of uh, newer concealed carriers, and I know Matthew hears this too, is, oh, I'm a little bit uncomfortable carrying my gun with a live round chambered. You know, I feel a little bit more comfortable carrying unchambered. It's just a little, you know, I feel like for whatever reason, that's a little bit reassuring, uh, a little bit, a little bit more safe for me, or that kind of thing. But I do want to get to where I'm comfortable carrying with a loaded chamber, right? Like, and that, and that's where I hope that you would be. If that, if that, if, if I'm, if I'm describing you right now, I hope that that's what your mindset is. Is that maybe you're a little bit uneasy about that idea, but you also recognize that it's important to consider getting to where you can carry with a live round chambered in your gun because you start to recognize that. And maybe it's just from, you know, the conversations we have here on the podcast, the justified safe stories we share. Maybe it's watching John Korea's active self-protection YouTube channel, seeing how quickly uh, some of those violent attacks can happen. And so you go, Oh man, like I don't know that I would have had the time or the skill to draw my gun, rack the slide and then use that effectively against this violent attack. If I, if that had been me in that person's shoes, right? So uh, I need to get to where I'm comfortable with this idea, but I'm not quite ready yet. So how do I get there? Well, that's a great example of something that a person could set a 2023 goal for, or just a goal for, right? Like maybe you want to say like, hey, by April one, that's just something I want to be comfortable doing. Well, what are some of the steps for being able to get there? Right, because that that might be the goal, but you should outline some steps to get there. And some of those things might be like, well, I'm going to take, uh, you know, I'm going to take two training classes with a with a. And there's a local range near me that with with a training cadre of instructors that seems pretty, you know, dialed in, and um, you know, I vetted them, and they seem like they'd be a good choice. And I'm going to take two classes. I'm going to take a class in in January. I'm going to take a class in March, and uh, maybe that'll, you know. Uh, as I get a little bit more training under my belt, get, you know, a little bit more instruction, uh, under, uh, you know, the supervision of a, of a good instructor, more repetitions, handling my firearm, learning manipulations and how to do that better. Uh, that, you know, that should lead me on a path to being a little bit more comfortable carrying my gun live chambered. Right. Or like you said, Matthew, uh, maybe you want to get to know the, uh, intricacies and the design, you know, of how your gun operates and, and understand uh, more of the lot, you know, from a, like a logic standpoint of this is how the gun operates. And this is why it's not unsafe to carry the gun chambered. Uh, so how can I get around that? And maybe you have the opportunity to take something like a, like an armorer's course, or maybe it's something just, maybe it's just a, uh, you know, maybe a local range or instructor offers like a, uh, a gun maintenance c- course or something like that, that kind of gets your feet a little bit wet in that. But an armor's course would be awesome because you would break down the gun, whatever, you know, and maybe it doesn't even matter if it's in, you know, if it's an armor's course on the specific type of gun that you actually use, but just spending some time seeing how a gun is put together and how it's built and how it operates gives you a little bit of confidence of how to, you know, how to carry that, you know, that it's going to be okay carrying that gun with, with a round in the chamber kind of thing. 
So you could set some of those goals. I'm going to take this class. I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to work with this instructor. I'm going to uh, educate myself by watching, uh, you know, a trusted uh, source of information on YouTube or something that covers some of these things. Uh, there's there's so many ways you could go about it, but I, I really appreciate that you shared uh, some examples there, Matthew. I thought they were very, you know, potentially applicable to to some of you out there listening to the, to the podcast right now. Yeah, now, yeah, I, because I, I mean, I, I know we've all been there, you know, um, and the, the, it's so hard, you know, I, I know sometimes we get focused on the performance part of it, but, you know, I always kind of, like I said, I'm kind of like a reflector. And so, you know, when we started thinking about where we were, my, my mind went to like, where was I when I first started concealed, you know, trying to carry a gun concealed and, and like that type of thing. And, um, and then I, I think about a lot of people who've come through classes and, and they want to carry, but they're just, you know, they want to carry on a daily basis, but they're, they're trying to overcome like that they have this, you know, full size gun and, you know, it's just not comfortable or the, the, the holster isn't, you know, the, the, they have a holster that's making it difficult for them to carry concealed. And so they shift away from, from doing that, but they want to, but they're just not sure the steps to go about achieving those goals. So, yeah. um, yeah. Well, okay. So here's the thing. And, and this is, this becomes, I think a good segue, Matthew, into, uh, sharing a, a framework, if you will, for setting good goals, quality goals uh, that I think by the nature of, if you, if you actually follow this, this framework, I think you're more likely to set goals that, you know, that are specific enough that can be measured that, and I'm actually giving it away here, but Ma- Matthew, uh, you know, we have here an acronym and this is not anything we created. I don't, I don't even remember where this comes from for sure, but uh, I've, I've seen it referenced a number of places. Uh, but uh, some, you know, and Jacob likes to use this too. And that is the SMART acronym. Okay. So what is the SMART acronym as it relates to goal setting? So SMART, uh, like everything, uh, Jacob does. It's an acronym. <laughs> uh, specific, measurable, uh, achievable. They're relevant and they're time bound. So let's break that down. I think we've touched. I, I, I think specific. I've, I've given enough examples of that, and we've talked about it already a, a bit. But obviously, the, the goal needs to be specific enough. Uh, it can't be like. I mean, for instance, here's a great. A publicly known goal, and it was audacious. I mean, in a big, big, big way, back when uh, John F. Kennedy Kennedy said, "By the end of this decade, we are going to put a man on the moon." Right, and that meant because he said that what in nineteen sixty three, sixty four. Yeah, I think so. You know, and it's like so basically like. In six, seven years, something like that, we're going to put a man on the moon, which at the time seemed unachievable, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, uh, and sure enough, I mean, that's what we did, you know, in 1969, put the first man on the moon, and it took a lot of uh, crazy things to, to make that happen, right? But, like, that's a great example of, I mean, that's a big, 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 hairy goal, audacious goal. Uh, but, it, and it's, it, it's specific 
but it probably also needed more specificity too. I mean, as far as like actually creating the steps to get there. But what I like about it is that he, in a very public way, said, by this specific time, which that's all that you know. That's one of the things too. The time bound part of the smart acronym, right? This is the time frame. That in itself is its own level of specificity, right? By setting a time frame, like we're going to do this by such and such time, that is a part. It's kind of a bit of a redundant part, I think, of setting a specific goal. But we're going to put a man on the moon. Not just we're going to launch a rocket out there. Not that we're going to put a satellite around the moon. Not that we're going to put a probe on the moon. Uh, which we did all that, by the way, too, in testing some of the concepts. But um, but we're going to do it by this time frame in a very public way. Jacob is tuning in. Holy smokes. The follow-up question to know if a goal is specific enough is how will you know if you achieve the goal? Well, that's perfect, Jacob. How did you know? Because the next thing is measurable. So I'm going to ask you, Matthew, um, how – like let, let's use a performance-based goal, right? For instance, what is your – what is your average draw speed? Uh, the first shot, one point three. I would say I can achieve regularly. Yeah, and how do you know that? Because I've practiced it. I've uh, done it live fire. I practice, you know, with metrics uh, with with dry fire, um, like LSR. So I, I have an idea of a, a, a range of where I operate in. Yeah. You've used, I mean, you just mentioned some software. I I know you've used a shot timer too. Oh, sure, sure, yep. <laughs> right. So, like you, you to know that to know that you are at that particular place of performance, like you've had to have measured that goal. Uh, so Jacob asked the question. You know, how, a goal is specific enough if you know how you will achieve the goal. And I think a huge part of that is is knowing that it can be measured that can act, that you could actually definitively say like okay I did this right um I measured it and this is how right and that's super important so like are you is there was there ever a time Matthew where you're like I want to get to a certain you know time with respect to my draw like did you yeah, have to work at it to get to, to get there Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I, you know, my goal, and, and this is, and this is where I think, um, you know, the the realistic or or is it achievable? Um, when I first started measuring my draw speed or draw to first shot, um, maybe it was around I don't know. Let's say it's around two seconds. If, if I were to just say, hey, my, you know, by the end of the month, I want to get to a consistent one second draw. Well, I, I may be able to do that if I neglect every single other aspect of, you know, uh, what's going on. Um, but I think like this is, and that was one of my goals. Like I want to get a sub second draw. Well, I haven't achieved that. Um, that's maybe like a, a down the road goal, but short term wise, you know, I, once I realize, okay, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to achieve that in the time period that I thought. So I said, okay, I want to get down to 1.5 seconds. So that was more achievable for me. Um, and I could put a time frame, you know, maybe break down, down that long range goal into a shorter chunk that was more achievable and gave me, you know, s- something to shoot for. So I didn't um, get discouraged or give up or say, you know, this is impossible, or, um, I'm just happy with this because it's never going to happen. Um, so 
I don't know if that answered your question, but yeah. um, this is something that I had to adjust a little bit um, when I when I started out. Well, and see, that's okay too to be like, well, I want to be able to do this, but then along the way, you're like, well, that's not quite working out the way I envisioned, and reframing your goals, uh, you know, because you the context you find yourself in, your your you know your life has changed in some way, or you just realize that. Well, the goal I set was a little bit more um, aggressive than maybe what I initially thought. And, you know, then revamping that and revisiting it and saying, okay, now the goal is this. And by the way, a a sub, you know, 1.3 second draw is nothing to sneeze at. Like that's, that's a very, um, very good, very acceptable level of performance. uh, You know, and I know that you can do faster than that because I've seen you do it. Right. But I think the question, you know, you're, you're telling me straight up, like, this is where I live is like one, 1. 1.25, 1. 1.3, somewhere in that, in that ballpark. And that's very good. If, if you could do that consistently and reliably, man, that's, that is nothing to, you know, s- s- sneeze at, you know, like that's just a, that's a solid level of performance. Um, but to get there, you got to do, you got to put some work in and you got to be able to measure it. And the fact is, is you've measured that. You know what your performance level is. Uh, no different than, you know, me or any number of shooters or, or some of my shooting friends that, that I know, right? That, like, you can't, it's very difficult to make shooting performance-based goals uh, that have much meaning without having the ability to measure those, those shooting performances, if you will. Uh, and, and a lot of that involves... I mean, you got to have a target, some kind of <laughs> what is my acceptable range of putting acceptable hits onto a target, whatever that is, and then the time frame I'm getting that done within, right? Yeah, and so, yeah, and, 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 and I think that that measurability or measure—I don't know if that's a word—but being measurable uh, is important because I'll tell you, it, I didn't really start lowering my times. Um, I wouldn't have known that I, I was lowering my times or increasing times or staying the same until I consistently used a shot timer. It, you know, mm-hmm. it, I, I think that the the thing is, is somebody might go to a class, they, they you know, the, the instructor uses shot timer, they give them their time, but they never get a timer of their own. So they don't have a metric and they feel like they're doing good. And they're like, yeah, I, I, I but they don't know. And I think knowing where you are um, along the way gives you kind of gives you boundaries to say like, you know, well, I, w- I've been dry firing every day this week and I saw, I dropped, you know, like 0.2 seconds. And that's something that you wouldn't pick up if you just said, yeah, I think I'm doing good. I think I'm, I'm drawing fast, you know, like, or, Hey, I've gone a month without dry fire and my time went from 1.3 to now I'm like 1.7 or 1.8. And, and so you can see how, how much effort, you know, when you, when you put this much effort, this is what you're getting when you slack off in these areas, this is what happens. So I think measurability or measure being measurable is, is really important to, to, to keeping goals and, and, and doing that. Yeah. Well, okay. So that next, uh, part of the acronym of the SMART acronym, which is achievable. So we've talked about specific, we've talked about measurable achievable is the next piece and achievable becomes something that's a, a lot more definable itself when 
we have something that is measurable, right? And when we kind of have a context. So that's and that's actually a big part of where I wanted to get to with our discussion today is we're looking, all of us as shooters or concealed carriers or whatever context you find yourself within, uh, as you're looking forward to 2023 and you want to start putting together a training plan of some sort, uh, it's much easier to do that and it's much easier to know what is achievable if you know where you are right now in whatever, you know, so let's just use some simple examples. Uh, because, and, and I know I speak to myself in a big way about like all the competitive shooting that I do, because that's, that's my, my big passion right now and has been for the last number of years. Cause I love it. I enjoy it. It's fun as heck. And it, uh, you know, it just helps me get better at shooting. And I just don't see any downside to getting better at shooting as, uh, as one that is also passionate about self-defense and personal defense. Um, and so I speak to that a lot and comp- competition shooting is, is a big way that I work on myself in terms of my own shooting performance related skill. So a simple example here, right? So let's say, um, you know, like I would just say this much. I think, you know, a lot of people talk about the sub-second draw, right? And people envy having a sub-second draw. Like, oh man, like ah, I want to have a sub-second draw. And I would say, well, why? Why do you want to have a sub-second draw? You know what I mean? Like, and there's no harm in, like, it's there's, I don't think really any harm in being faster or, you know, but certainly getting to a certain level might come at the cost. And you kind of mentioned, Matthew, well, I could get there and I could maintain that level of skill, but it would come at the cost of some other things. You know, I'd have to put aside some other things in my life that maybe are important to me right now in these other contexts. And I'm already at, you know, this level, which, which is good and is, is acceptable. Um, and I don't necessarily see that as being like you're settling for, you know, less in, 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 in any way, just that you, we all have our own different uh, lives and different priorities and different considerations and competing resources, especially where it comes to time. It might be money related resources as well, too. But but time's a real, real big one, right? To get good at certain things, it takes time especially when skills involved, because time has to be put forth, effort has to be put forth to improve uh, technical skill. It just is a thing. And so now uh, I'm at a place where I can maintain, uh, you know, I'm right at around a second. You know, I I basically kind of, I know how I know how to move and I know how to push myself on demand to generate a sub second uh, draw, you know, the first shot. Uh, but that's not necessarily, but I'm not always trying to, to do that. There's, there's contexts where I'm looking more for consistency and I'm pretty consistent with say a 0.95, but I'll tell you, I'm even more consistent with like a 1.1, you know, and, and I could do that all day long. And I'm, I'm pretty happy to live in that space to have the ability to sort of meter up or down my draw speed um, based on circumstance or situation uh, as I see fit. But let's just say you're an individual that wants to improve their draw speed. And from a concealed carry perspective, I think that uh, being able to, to do, have a really good draw 
is is a is a worthwhile goal. Do you need to be sub second? Well, I don't know. You need to figure that out for yourself. But I would say I would I would posit that having a sub one point five is doable for just about anybody with a modicum of work, consistent work, you know, doing consistent dry fire. That is, and um, and and, and that you know even self-defense shootings that we see you know, a video and photographic evidence of, or some of the justified save stories we've covered and things like that, you know, 1.5 second draw is probably, you know, adequate for a lot of situations. So you need to decide though, whatever that metric is, but then the second piece is, can you achieve that? And part of, I think, determining the achievability of a goal is knowing where you already are. Cause then you can, that's kind of like JFK looking at, Hey, six, seven years down the road, we're gonna put a man on the moon. Where are we right now? <laughs> the reality yeah, he, is he wasn't making <laughs> he wasn't making that 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 promise with you know if they didn't have spacecraft that could even go up into space at that point. You know what I mean? He wasn't mm-hmm. taking that 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 promise out there. Yeah. I mean the the fact is is we already had made some progress towards uh you know building rockets and putting men up into space uh we still had a long 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 like actually a scary amount of progress that needed to happen uh to to get a man on the moon but hey you know what somebody that uh, was looking forward said you know what based on where we are right now i think we can do this and i'm going to set the goal to push us to get there which amazingly did uh, which, I mean, it's just phenomenal. I mean, I don't know if there's anything that we've ever done since uh, in the government at, at, a, at a governmental level where we've said, we're going to do this thing and we actually got it done <laughs> on time. Maybe not under budget. I think, that, you know, they, they probably had some cost overruns and being able to, to achieve that in the 60s even. But, um, but we got it done in time and that's pretty dang cool. So... Anyway, achievable is super important, right? And again, I think a part of knowing whether you can achieve something is knowing where you are so that you can set something that's reasonable. Uh, and, and to know where you are now means you have to measure performance now. And that's kind of what we were touching on a minute ago. Is like, Matthew, you kind of knew at one point about where you were performance-wise. I've certainly been places where I, I kind of knew, well, this is where I was and this is where I wanted to get to. And then I crafted the plan to be able to do that. So, and then relevancy, well, set relevant goals. I, I, I don't know. I don't want to spend a ton of time uh, breaking that down. Uh, but the important part is that it should be relevant to what we're trying to achieve, where we want to get to as individuals, uh, whether it's concealed carry related, shooting related, uh, education related, whatever that is, financial, et cetera. Um, and the final thing, again, with that SMART acronym was that it should be time bound. We should have a time frame that we're going to do something. So I'm just going to give you an example of a goal for 2023 for me is that, and, and realize that this is a, a, a bigger goal and that there's smaller components that make this up. And I'll describe some of those here in a moment. But uh, for 2023, I want to go back to Carry Optics Nationals and I want to do better than I did in 2022. So I just want to keep raising that bar. Okay. So my time frame there by default, because the event schedule was already set. It's like this, uh, G, or excuse me, June 20, it's like June 23rd, somewhere in that ballpark. It's the latter part of June. I'm going to be out in Ohio in your neck of the woods 
Matthew, yep. going to the national championship. So I have to put in the work to get me to that place by that time. And I'm going to describe what some of some of that work is uh, here in a bit. But that's just an example of that's a goal of mine for 2023. I still have the goal. I want to make grandmaster, um, but I'm at a place now where I re- I realize as long as I keep doing what I'm doing and keep doing the work, that's going to happen when it happens. I'm going to continue trying to shoot uh, uh, classifiers at local matches and have those opportunities so I I can continue to raise that score, if you will, so I can hopefully break through to that grandmaster level. I will say that one thing that's been a bit of a disappointment to me is these last few months, I've had the opportunity to shoot a couple of local uh, USPSA matches and three out of the last four I've shot didn't have classifiers or they had to throw them out, which was a huge disappointment to me because I was literally going to those matches with the express purpose. Like a huge point of that was besides the other benefits of shooting a match, you know, which is having fun and shooting a match and being able to, you know, put, put to use my skills that I work on. But the big thing for me was shoot classifiers because each time I shoot a classifier is another opportunity to get closer to a goal of mine of making grandmaster. And some of those matches outside of my control didn't, for whatever reason, have classifiers when they normally would. Uh, there were some reasons for that, but uh, that was disappointing because that kind of put a roadblock in my way of being able to get to where I wanted to get. Yeah. I, I, I also think, uh, b- before, you know, I know you want to detail it out and, and, and that's going to be awesome. I, I think in, as I, as we're having this conversation, I'm thinking, you know, we, we have, we can set multiple goals. Right. And I think if setting goals does at least in a bigger picture, I think it might also reveal to us where, where our desires are, like, um, what is, what are our passions? What are we, you know, what are we willing to do to achieve this in, in light of the fact that we only have so much time or we only have so much budget to spend on X, Y, Z, you know? And so I think if we look at this, we can also consider how are we going to prioritize our time over a a period of time? Like, um, you know, I want to get this you know, I want to do this, uh, achieve this metric in shooting, but in order to do that, I, it costs, you know, I'm going to, or I, I want to go to these classes, these training classes. I can look them up and say, it's going to cost me $600. I don't have $600 for this. So this is what I, you know, this is what I can, I can do. Um, and you know, so I, I think it, it, you know, we can look at it and say, I'm willing to, to achieve these things in light of the other things I want to achieve as well. And, and so it helps us remain sort of balanced in what we, so we don't neglect one part of our life for the sake of achieving a sub-second draw or, or what, what, you know, whatnot. I don't know if that makes sense, but. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, now I realize again, we're, we're still, we're still going to come back to this, uh, like the whole point of having this conversation is to get you folks thinking about uh, where you are right now, where you're trying to get to, and then how are you going to get there with whatever those goals may be. Uh, some of you maybe are just starting out as concealed carriers. Maybe you just barely got a permit. Maybe you're just getting into it. Maybe you just maybe you just bought your first holster, um, whatever that might be. There's so many things that if you're just starting out, Relatively speaking, like there's there's tons of things that 
you're going to need to learn and you will eventually learn and that you'll need to do. Uh, and a big part of, uh, for me, at least this has always been a perspective of, that I have had. And Matthew knows this about me. I'm a very performance driven individual. Uh, mm-hmm. But if I was going to carry a gun for personal defense, I only wanted to do it if I knew I could actually use it effectively, which is kind of what started me down this path of, I want to get better as a shooter. I want to get better as a shooter. Uh, and I know that I, and I realize that's not the only important skill and you guys all should too. That is not the only important skill as it relates to a uh, self-defense minded, you know, lifestyle. Uh, it's not the only important skill as it relates to self-defense or concealed carry, but I, I have zero desire to carry a gun on my person. If I am not personally, comfortable with my own level of, of being able to perform with that firearm. And so that kind of started me down this path. And now here, you know, five, six, seven years later, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a pretty good shooter, you know? Uh, and, and I'm, I'm so driven. I, I intend to continue to get better. Now, someone else I know wants to get better. That's Connor. He's on uh, YouTube watching today. He says, I'd like to get 20 hours of in-class training, putting me closer to a B slash A class USPSA shooter. So Connor's like me. He wants to uh, uh, do better in USPSA, which is great. Uh, and But the financial investment is slightly intimidating. Any suggestions on where my money, and I have to continue on to the next part of his comment here, be, would be best spent? So, um, totally understand this, Connor, that, um, you know, spending money on training. So in other words, attending a class taught by a reputable instructor, uh, is a, it's a time investment and it's also a big time financial investment, whether you're going to some local instructor where you may be doing a four hour session for, you know, what what was a typical rate, 125 bucks, probably somewhere in that ballpark for a four hour class. A lot of times, a, a full day class is in the two hundred to two hundred and fifty dollar range. Uh, maybe it's a two day class, and those are often four to five hundred dollars. Right? Those are not small investments. Like chances are, for many of you, the gun that you are carrying that you purchased was probably purchased for not much more than that. Uh, a case of ammo is probably about you know <laughs> uh, the, that that certainly was true like a year a year or a year and a half ago. Where if I was going to do a two-day class, Matthew, uh, that I was spending $500 to take, I was spending almost that much <laughs> just yep. in the ammunition mm-hmm. that would be fired in that class. So now you're like, well, it's a four or $500 class, but really it's like an $800 plus class by the time you, you account for the class and the, the ammunition. Um, these are not small investments is my point. So my advice to you, Connor, uh, suggestions of where my money would be best spent. Well, I'm not going to, just because of the nature of the podcast, I'm not going to give you anything like super specific. And I also don't know exactly where you are, but uh, what I do know is you don't want to waste any of your money, period, right? And so if you if you have allocated a certain amount or budget for in-person, in-class training opportunities, and you have a certain goal, which you stated was, I want to get to an A or B class uh, uh, USPSA classification, uh, then probably what's best for you, Connor, is to train with a reputable instructor that has the ability to help shooters get to that level 
So we're, by that, we're, 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 we're talking about probably instructors that are more a little bit focused on the performance side of things. And by that, well, it's pretty easy to look at some of the instructors out there who are also high-level USPSA competitors, right? And, and chances are those people are going to be able to help you get to where you're trying to get to because they've already been there and done that, okay? And so uh, you, you, you only want to train with somebody that you know is going to actually, you know, that they have a reputation for being able to do that. I guess I could give some examples like Tim Heron would be a great example. This is, this is literally what he does as an instructor is help shooters up their level of performance in shooting. And a lot of his students are USPSA or IDPA or competitive shooter types. Um, AJ Zito, another great example. Um, I think Scott Jedlinski has some things to offer there, uh, even though he's not necessarily like competition focused or anything like that, but definitely could help you. I think uh, Matt Little would be a good example. I think if you had the opportunity to train with JJ Rikaza, uh, Ben Stager, um, what are some other examples? Uh, Mark Smith, Nick Young, uh, Billy Barton's another name that comes name to mind. Uh, these are all folks that, and you may not even know all those names, and some of them maybe not be bringing classes to your area anytime soon. But those are all guys that I know that have a solid reputation, that understand performance shooting, and are known for being good instructors too. And so um, the point is, is, if you have a certain amount and you don't want to waste your money and you only have so much money, like you don't want to waste money. And that means you don't want to take any classes with any unknowns. So that'd be my advice. Matthew Merster is a great instructor as well. <laughs> Bravo, Chuck, on uh, Facebook there. <laughs> yeah. I, he, all, you know, I have to disclose, he is a buddy of mine, and I told him to say that. So I, <laughs> I appreciate that, Chuck. Checks in the mail. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so here's your uh, – let me, let me outline something. I've, I've used some examples of like uh, – and I use draw a lot of times because it's a very simple example. And it's also a very simple thing to work on, especially with dry fire involved. So if I was uh, addressing the topic of your 2023 training plan from the context of, I want to get better at this specific skill. So if you've set the goal of, I want to be able to perform a consistent sub one second draw, by the end of 2023, which I will tell you, for anybody listening, this is definitely doable because I, I I know it's possible. I, I've seen people that are brand new to guns within six months, eight months, 10 months, go from a total noob to a very, very skilled uh, shooter and manipulator of a firearm in, in that relatively short window of time because they put in the time and put in the work. So something as, as simple and specific as I, by the end of 2023, I want to be able to do a consistent sub-second draw because I've decided for me that's important. And I like to use that as a metric because that's a it's a relatively, there's just enough challenge there that it does take some work. But it is something that's achievable if you care enough to make it achievable. So here would be what I would suggest for your 2023 training plan. First of all, you're going to work on practice draws in dry practice every single day. Well, okay, we don't even have to we don't have to say every single day. Let's do this. 
five days a week, five days a week, you are going to work on draws in dry practice. Five days a week. All throughout 2023. Okay? That's the first thing. Okay? So you're going to write that down. All right? Here's my training plan. I want to get to, my goal is sub second, sub 1.00 second draw on a target. Now, the, the standard metric in the industry is seven yard target, either a USPSA A zone or IDPA down zero zone. That's an eight inch circle or a six by 11. Okay? Your pick. I don't care. Seven yards. That's the standard. So we, we need to make that. We have to acknowledge that, right? Because I could say, you know, I'm going to do a sub-second draw, but then if I put the target at arm's length, (laughs) (laughs) like that's a very different, you know, thing. Um, All right. So there's the standard. That's the goal. The first thing, though, to get there as I'm crafting this and planning this out and writing this training plan, five days a week, draw in dry practice. Okay. Not only that, you're going to do that for five minutes. Five minutes. Five minutes of draw practice, five days out of the week, all throughout 2023. Can you handle five minutes of draw practice? I think you can. I think anybody, regardless of how busy you are, can find five minutes in your day, if it's important enough to you. Okay. What are you going to do in that five minutes? All right. First of all, I'm going to have you do some baseline draws for the first minute. So take take your five minutes. The first minute, just baseline. What that is is just do nice, comfortable draws. We're just going to warm up for one minute. Draw. Okay? And each time we're drawing, we should be presenting to, uh, a, a, you know, I, I got like right here in front of me on the wall is one of our one-third scale USPSA targets. So you can print off at concealedcarry.com forward slash print targets. Okay? Print that sucker off. I can stand seven feet away from that because it's one-third scale, and that equates to the same relative size as a full USPSA target with an A zone at seven yards if I was at like a live fire range. Free target. doesn't cost you a thing. Print it off. Stick it on your wall. Seven feet away. That's easy enough to measure. Heck, here's a measuring tape. Measure off seven feet from that target. First minute, baseline. Just warm up. Just do what you currently can do, whatever that is. Draw, and I want you to see a clean sight picture by the time you complete that draw. Okay? Reholster. Draw again. Clean sight picture. Reholster. Do that for one minute. Okay? Minute number two. So your second minute of the five minutes, because we're going to try to be very efficient with this. For the second minute, I'm going to have you just do the micro drill of getting your hands from whatever starting position. And it's good to practice and mix it up. Surrender start, hands in a defensive fence, hands down below, you know, at a rela- or relax at your sides. Micro drill of just getting your hand on the gun. Okay? Do that for one minute. That's your second minute. So you're micro drilling just the idea of from wherever your start position is to putting your hand on the gun. If that includes clearing concealment garments, which it probably does for most of you, that's part of it. Okay? So you're starting, remove shirt, hand on gun. I want you to be indexing your hand on the gun the way, you know, with your master grip. The same grip you're going to use when you draw the gun out and actually use it. Okay? Your third minute. We're actually going to skip the part of where you are 
pulling the gun out of the holster, I'm going to have you start from the position where your support hand just meets the gun. So you're, it's going to be kind of like in front of your the center of your chest. Support hand just contacting the gun. And for one minute, from there to the target. From there to the target. From there to the target. Okay? That's your third minute. Your fourth minute. We're going to go back to all the way from the holster. And this is going to be the place where during this fourth minute, whatever your baseline time was. Now, how do you know what your baseline is? You got to have some kind of shot timer. I only have this one with me right now. Set a part time. Okay. And you need to be honest with yourself. You're going to hit the, the uh, bu- button of the, of the timer. Beep. Draw. Okay. And you need to figure out what that baseline is. So you're going to set a part time on the part of the shot timer. So you get a beep, beep, two beeps. Beep. First one's your start. Second one is you need to have that action completed by that point. Okay, you should have been doing that in your first minute, that baseline draw session. Okay, shot timer, phone app. Yep, absolutely deep south EDC on on YouTube. Okay, Um, so you should have been doing that during that first minute. Okay, working at whatever that baseline time was or establishing it the first time you do this. During this fourth minute of practice, what are you doing? Whatever your baseline was, okay, whatever that baseline was, I want you to knock one-tenth of a second off, okay? And if you will feel really spicy today, knock it down to two-tenths of a second, all right? So for your fourth set, for your fourth minute, the whole time, you're just, you're now trying to beat what you were doing in your baseline by a tenth of a second, maybe a fifth or 0.20, okay? And then for that fifth minute of practice, I want you to push it to the next level, whatever that is. And finish at the very end with somewhere between three and five draws that are not necessarily on the timer, but just I want you just doing those repetitions as cleanly as you can. Because as you start pushing the speed envelope, you're going to get maybe a little bit messy. So then back it off or whatever, you know, just at that, once you've worked at that tenth of a second or a fifth of a second beyond your baseline for one to one and a half minutes, and that those last few reps, I want you just to focus on doing the reps. At a, at a good clip, you know, at, a, at an accelerated pace, but the focus is on doing it cleanly, okay? If you'll do those five minutes, where the first minute's a baseline warm-up draws, second minute's micro-drilling, getting your hand on the gun, establishing master grip, third minute is working from where the support hand contacts the gun out to the target, where that, now the focus is more on getting the support hand built onto the grip and then seeing a good sight picture. The fourth minute is pushing you beyond your baseline by 0.1 to 0.2 seconds. And then the last minute is a combination of another 30 to 40 seconds of pushing even beyond further your baseline, followed by three to five reps, maybe 10, whatever you feel comfortable with of where the focus is on just doing clean but accelerated draw reps five minutes a day, five times a week. There's your training plan for 2023. And here's what's cool. If you follow exactly what I just laid out, it will not take you till the end of 2023 to get it a sub-second draw. The cool thing is it's going to vary from person to person and also where you're already starting from. But some of you will get there in a month, maybe sooner. Some of you will get there in two months. Some of you will get there in three or four or five or six months. But if you diligently work at it, like I just outlined, 
five minutes a day, five times a week for a year, you will get there before the year is up. Just using that one example. Okay. Now, what are these examples of? It's examples of here I have a goal and that goal maybe consists of a relatively complex skill or series of steps. And then I'm breaking it down into different components. The micro drills is a big part of that. Okay. And then I'm also dedicating part of my practice to actually pushing myself in some fashion. And to be able to push myself, I have to know where my baseline is so I can push beyond it. And by doing this in a deliberate, intentional way, you will make progress and you will get closer to what your goals are. And you can do what I've just described with certainly with the shooting skills, with just about anything that you can contrive. Not just draw, you know, first shot time or whatever. Okay. So I know I just spent a long time talking, but uh, I, I, that's, that's the 2023 training plan. And it can be simple, but it can be specific. It can be measurable. It can be achievable. It can be relevant and it can be time bound. And if you just simply do that and do it consistently, and it doesn't even have to be something that you started on January 1 because of the new year, you could start that today which I know we're, you know, like three days away or whatever, but <laughs> you can start that today or maybe in a month. I don't know, but why are you, what are you waiting for? Establish whatever your goals are, break them down into smaller bite-sized chunks or steps that are going to help you get there and then get to work. So, so what you're saying is basically there's going to be a test at the end of 2023. If you're a podcast listener or not, and the test is you, you have to have a sub-second draw. Because if you haven't, that means you weren't listening to Riley's Riley's uh, <laughs> training plan here. Uh, yeah, I mean, so I hope I hope this made sense for some of y'all and uh, that it's helpful for you. And that you can see that, I mean, and here's what I've learned for myself uh, in, in my own personal growth, uh, in, especially for, in a shoot, from a shooting perspective. But also in the last year, I've, you know, I've had some goals related to my physical health, to getting more in shape, to uh, getting my body back to a place I'm happier. I mean, compared to where I was a year ago, I'm about 20 pounds lighter. Okay, so I made some I made some headway. I did not make all the progress that I wanted to originally, but I did make progress. Awesome. Guess what? I have some more aggressive goals for 2023 in that regard. And here's what's cool. And this is my whole point. Regardless of what it, whatever it is, if you will work at it consistently, regularly, frequently, you will get somewhere. And you'll get somewhere more specific, the more specific you make that. But you will get somewhere if you just simply, you know, tackle it one day at a time, one bit at a time, one step at a time. And so my final words on this, and my I guess my pep talk to all of you listening is, hey, we're here at the, at the end of the year. We're beginning another one. Uh, all of you should be wanting to get somewhere in your lives, whatever those that it, that is, and you need you you need to decide what that is and get after it. Get to work, and if you do it yeah. consistently, yeah. you'll get you'll get there. Yeah, where, wherever your your passions lie, you'll you'll 
you'll find a way to achieve it, I think, you know? And so, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'll just be honest. My, my goal is, uh, by the end of January, 2023, that every paper, all the paperwork I fill out, I will not be putting 2022 on it. That's, that's my goal. <laughs> I think that's very achievable. Hold me to it. Um, okay. But, Here's your January, 2023 training plan, Matthew. <laughs> Five all right, minutes 16 each day. checks a day. <laughs> Just write out the today's date. <laughs> yeah, got a chalkboard times. on my wall. Yeah, but yeah, I, I, I think I hope this is beneficial to to everybody. It, whether or not it's you know w- whether you're trying to get a sub second draw or carry every day or just you know focus more on family stuff or health stuff or whatever it might be. Just uh, remember that smart smart. Uh, 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 deal we got specific measurable mm-hmm. achievable relevant and time bound yep yep and then craft all your practice craft your uh, training sessions craft your uh, uh your drills and everything you do i mean if you're if it's shooting specific right and, and by the way I, I think that uh we can uh piggyback off of this episode in the future relatively near future and actually because uh, Matthew, you wanted to talk at some point about drills in a little bit greater detail, uh, what they are, why we do them, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And that, that drills are a part of, you know, it's, they are a tool in the toolbox of how we get better at technical skill. And uh, I think we can, you know, do, I, I've definitely got some thoughts on that and thought maybe we'd get to some of that here today, but that didn't happen. So, um, you know, in the future, I think uh, that's something that's worth exploring some more. Uh, but already today, I give you a few little hints, especially with re- as it relates to, you know, we, we can take drills and we can break those drills down into smaller drills. And a lot of times we call those micro drills. And that's that's a tactic or technique or strategy that I have used for years now to get better at all the things that I do that are, you know, technically skilled wise. I recently had the opportunity of final words for me on this. Uh, I was actually preparing for a... Many people may not know this about me. I don't know, but I, I'm actually a pretty skilled uh, pianist. I play the piano pretty well, not as well as I once did uh, when I was about 17 years old. Was probably about my prime as a piano player. Uh, practiced, you know, every day. Was was pretty diligent at it. Uh, I'm still pretty good at it because I, you know, I practice at it enough that I maintain my my skill okay. But uh, recently, I was asked by a friend uh, if I would uh, accompany him on the piano while he sang the christmas song oh holy night and uh the arrangement he gave me is one i was not familiar with which kind of caught me off guard because i've played like three or four different versions through the years and i kind of thought it would be one of those but he had this completely other arrangement and i was like oh okay buddy didn't expect that and he gave me about a week you know to get it done uh so what did i do i looked at the at the music initially i kind of tried to play through it just to kind of see how it went and like, okay, this is going to take some work. I, I Right off the bat, I identified three or four problem areas and then I broke it down into smaller bite-sized chunks and worked on those little chunks, chunk by chunk by chunk by chunk again and again and again. And even some of those chunks got broken into smaller chunks, Worked in, working at it, working at it, put it all together and in a week's time, was able to play this piece and accompany him and he sang and it was great. And, you know, it uh, went off without a hitch, but it, it really doesn't matter, especially where, where technical skill is, 
is, is, is comes into play is typically what we do is we is what I just described, uh, whether it was your draw to first shot time or learning how to play a piano piece. And I could get into more nuance than that, but, but just interesting how I, I, that was on my mind recently about, hmm, this is not a non-shooting thing, but I still had to apply a lot of the same principles, you know, as far as breaking it down and making it into smaller and smaller steps so I could get to where I wanted to get to. Very cool. Folks, I hope you have a wonderful and happy new year. And I hope that you have a very awesome and successful year of 2023. And we hope to spend that part of, at least part of that year with you through the form of this podcast. Hope to see you back here again and hope that uh, the information we conveyed in today's episode is helpful for you as you look forward to the coming year. May you be safe, blessed, happy, healthy, joyful, uh, successful, all those things that uh, we would, that we want for you, all of our listeners of the Concealed Carry Podcast. We wish you a happy new year. Final shout out to our sponsors, silencershop.com and mountainmanmedical.com. Appreciate your support of our sponsors that support us and make this possible. So Matthew, bid you adieu. Thank you, sir. You too. And we bid all of you, our listeners and viewers, adieu and happy new year. And until next time, a reminder to train right, train often, and train safe so you can fight hard, fight fast, and fight true. Take care. Take care.